All right. We're recording. Oh, we are? Yeah. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Dead Academy Podcast. I'm Fallon. I'm Michelle. And that is my brother, Jordan. Do you want to say hi? Hi. Hi. <laughs> Can oh, you turn goodness. the phone off? Yeah, sure. <laughs> God. <laughs> wow. Been here five minutes. This is uh, this part, like, part two yeah, part of two. yesterday. We don't typically record on Saturdays. two in a week. Right. But it we might be a time. Yeah. Might be a rough one. I'm tired as fuck. I'm I haven't really slept. Tired. Jordan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can I, can I <laughs> I'm just going to keep it. Yeah. Ooh. This might be an interesting one. What? What? I thought I saw something. <laughs> I guess I didn't. Sorry for all the <clears throat> fuck ups. Anyway. Yeah. So this is part two. Um, I'm sticking with the theme of Japan. I don't know what Michelle's story is going to be, but yesterday my story was, like I said, the worst story that I've ever, ever read about. But this story is going to be <laughs> really, really, really bad, and the ending is even worse, and it's terrifying, but um, it's, uh, it, I don't know, I'm just going to have to read it. It's just one of those things. It's definitely not... <laughs> this is a... Uh... My brother. Yeah. <laughs> All right, turn it, turn it off. All right. Turn it off. Anyway, <laughs> we've never had a guest in order. Our first guest, uh, he doesn't know one. how to act. <laughs> so that mom would call it comedy hour. That that's where we're at. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, for real. So, do you want me to go first and get the the horrible? I mean, shit if yours, yeah, if your story is awful, it's mine's awful. a little bit more fun and refreshing. Okay, so we'll we'll wrap up with that one. We'll start mine first. Get the horrible shit out of the way. Wrap it up with the nice thing, Jordan. We're just we want you to chime in on how you feel. I'm gonna go get my wings and a Mountain Dew. All right, you coming back up? Yep. Bye. All right. Hey, Bush, when you leaving? <laughs> Never. Yeah. All right. So, like I said before, my I'm uh, sticking with my uh, theme of Japan. So I'm, apparently, Japan is a beautiful place, but has some pretty fucked up people. Um, okay. So again, I'm probably gonna massacre the names and some of the words in here. That's a guarantee. Yep. Um, but I'm gonna do my best. So, <coughs> excuse me. My story is of a guy named. Isai Sagawa. Um, Sagawa. Sagawa. Sounds fun Sagawa. to say. Right. Sagawa. Um, so Isai, we'll just call him Asai. Uh, was born April 26, 1949, and is also known as Peng, is a Japanese man who, while living in Paris in 1981, killed and cannibalized a Dutch woman named Renee Hart- Hartevelt. After his release from two Don't years of pretrial detention upon being found legally insane, he became a minor minor celebrity in Japan and made a living through public interest. Um, so right now he's 70 years old. Um, he's from Tokyo. Uh, his occupation is listed as cannibal, murderer, writer, commentator, public speaker, and actor. <laughs> I can't. I Co- can't. Commentator. Did I say it wrong? Uh, no, I just, I'm hung up on 
his occupation is yeah. a cannibal. Yep, that's what he did. Like, hey, my name's Michelle. What's your name? Blah, blah, blah. What do you do for a living? I eat fucking people. I eat people. Yeah. Oh, and I murder them. Right. Before I eat them. Sure. So, uh, fun fact about this guy, he, as much havoc as he wreaked, he is only four feet nine inches tall. Very intimidating. Super tiny guy. Little man syndrome. Little, little man syndrome. Um, so his criminal charges were attempted murder, falsely identified as attempted rape by officials in Japan. And uh, his other criminal charge was murder and cannibalism, which took place in France. Um, he was unfit to stand trial by reason of insanity. He killed one person on July 11, 1981, used a hunting rifle. Now, that's basically just summing up some shit. Yeah. Let's take. Let's go back a little bit and learn a little bit more about Asai and then what he did, and just how fucked up this whole story is. Yeah, I mean you have to bear with me because, like I said, super tired. But he, you said he only killed one person. And That's, thank God, yeah, he okay. only killed one. Um, which, which I mean, that's terrible. Oh but. yeah, yeah. So Sagawa was born in Kobe Hyogo Prefecture, Japan, to very wealthy parents. He was born prematurely, reportedly small enough to fit in the palm of his father's hands, and immediately developed enteritis, a disease of the small intestine. He eventually recovered after several injections of potassium and calcium and saline. Sagawa first experienced cannibalistic desires while in the first grade after seeing a male's thigh. I don't know, just like uh, a, just a regular thigh, or like, <laughs> was can't. he at the morgue? On a field trip? You just look like, at a thigh, I'm like, I want to eat that. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. So, welcome back, Jordan. So, in 2011, interview with Vice, Sagawa reported that as a young youth, he partook in bestiality with his dog and experienced cannibalistic desires for women. So, the guy fucked his dog. That, that's messed up. Yeah. And, one, and very early on, when he fucked his dog and wanted <clears> to eat <throat> women. Okay, at 23 in Tokyo, Sagawa followed a tall German woman home, then broke into her apartment while she was sleeping with intent to cannibalize her by tearing and walking away with, a, with small parts of her flesh. She awoke and, Sagawa claims, pushed him to the ground. He was captured by police and charged with attempted rape. He did not confess his true intentions to authorities. Hold on. Yep. I just want to make a statement here. You come back into the room knowing that you're going to eat. You couldn't have took the shit out of the plastic bag first. Because <laughs> you know what kind of sound that's going to make? Yes. I wanted our viewers to hear the... Yeah, episode. let's go ahead and just... Our viewers all... Yeah. Let's go ahead and just take that out of the bag. Let's see how loud it is. It's going to be like an ASMR video. Listen closely as Jordan unwraps. It stinks like shit. BW3's leftovers from last night. We go straight to hell, Bush. We're just Listen waiting. closely as he takes his time with his plastic bag, even though there is a trash can literally at his feet. Yeah. The box he opens, organizing each box one by one. It's picking, yeah. Just, I'm sitting here just looking at the bar. <laughs> yeah, it's picking it all up. All right. Got his ketchup. Okay, so. Go back to the story, yeah. Anyway. He did not confess his true attentions to um, authorities. So, in 1977, at the age of 27, Sagawa moved to France to pursue a Ph.D. in literature at Sorbonne in Paris. He has said that while residing in Paris, quote, almost every night I would bring a prostitute home and then try to shoot them, but for some reason my fingers froze up and I couldn't pull the trigger, end quote. Yeah, because, you know, 
Most normal people. Jordan. Yeah, I mean, most normal yeah. people don't want to fucking kill people. So him freezing up should have been, I don't know, a red flag. Like, hey, I probably shouldn't do this. Yeah. So um, this is the killing of... This is the only murder that he committed. I'm going to just jump right into it. It's fucking awful. Okay. So are you ready, Jordan? Mm-hmm. Okay. On June 11th, 1981, Sagawa, then 32, invited his suborn classmate, these were they, they were friends from college, Renee Hardevelt, to dinner at his apartment under the pretext of translating poetry for a school assignment. He planned to kill her and eat her, having selected her for her health and her beauty, characteristics he felt he lacked. Sagawa considered himself weak, ugly, and small, as he was only 4 feet 9 inches tall, with a slanted eye, and claims he wanted to absorb her energy. He was 25 years old, or sorry, she was 25 years old and 5 feet 10 inches tall. After she arrived, she began reading poetry at a desk with her back to him. He shot her in the neck with a rifle. Sagawa said she, I know, Sagawa said he fainted after the shock of shooting her, but awoke with the realization that he had to carry out his plan. He had sex with her corpse, but wasn't able to bite into her skin, so he left the apartment and purchased a butcher knife. Sagawa ate various parts of her body, eating most of her breasts and face, saving other parts in his refrigerator. He also took took photographs of her at each eating stage, which I've seen the pictures. They are online. You can easily look this shit up. And it yeah, is you showed me the pictures. They're pretty, they're pretty gross. Oh, my God. He then attempted to dump her body in the lake in the Bois de Boulogne, but was seen in the act and arrested by French police. When he was caught, he was carrying two suitcases. Those suitcases contained the dismembered body parts of Renee Hardevelt, which he did not, which he was not able to consume. Sagawa's wealthy father provided a lawyer for his defense, <clears throat> and after being held for two years awaiting trial, Sagawa was found legally insane. <clears throat> excuse me, and unfit to stand trial by the French judge Jean Louis Brugler, who ordered him. So fancy. Yeah, Jean Louis Brugler, who ordered him. He ordered him held indefinitely in a mental institution. After a visit by the offer in Yukiko Yomonata, Sagawa's killer, or fuck, Sagawa's account of his kill was published in Japan under the title In the Fog. Sagawa's subsequent publicity and macabre celebrity likely contributed to the French authorities' decision to deport him to Japan, where he was immediately committed to Matazuwa Hospital, examining examining psychologists um, there all declared him sane and found sexual perversion was his sole motivation for murder because charges in France had this is fucked up because charges in France had been dropped the French court documents were sealed and were not released to Japanese authorities consequently Sagawa could not legally be be detained in Japan he checked himself out of the hospital on August 12th 1986 and remains free right now he's free so the it's like the murder didn't... Ha- How do you not get in trouble for killing someone? Did he confess? Did you say that? He. So they said he was legally in, uh, insane. They sent him to a mental institution. And because they sent him there, <clears throat> the charges in France were dropped, even though that's where the murder happened. Since they dropped him, technically Japan couldn't pick up the charges because, it, I guess, jurisdiction happened in France. Since there were no charges, there was a huge loophole in the system. He found it, checked himself out in 86, remains free... And it says here that Sagawa continued freedom as Sagawa's continued freedom has been wildly cri- wildly criticized. So, so he's still alive. He's he, yeah, he's alive. He's seventy years old right now. Wow. 
ate a, ate a girl, and he's just alive. So between 1986 and 1997, he was frequently invited to be a guest speaker and commentator. In 92, he appeared in Hazayafu Sato's explo- exploitation film, <clears throat> I can't even pronounce that, but it's translated to Unfaithful Wife, Shameful Torture, as a sadosexual voyeur. So he's, he's been in movies. Sagawa has written books about the murder he committed, as well as shown A, a book on the 1997 Kobe Child murders. He has also written restaurant re- restaurant reviews for the Japanese magazine Spa. Sagawa can no longer find publishers for his writing, and he has struggled to find employment. Restaurant reviews. No shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, the chicken doesn't taste as good as a fucking human thigh, uh, yeah. but it's he, okay. Right. He was nearly accepted by a French language school because the manager was impressed by his courage in using his real name, but employees protested and he was rejected. In 2005, Sagawa's parents died. He was prevented from attending their funeral, but repaid their creditors and moved into public housing. He received welfare benefits for his time, so the people are paying for him to fucking live. Um, In an interview with Vice Magazine in 2011, he said that being forced to make a living while being known as the murderer and cannibal was a terrible punishment. In 2013, he was hospitalized from a cerebral infraction. Yes. Okay. Wow. (laughs) It looked like fart for a minute, and I was like, that's not right, cerebral fart, which permanently damaged his nervous system. Since being released, he has been under the full-time care of his brother, alive and well, in Tokyo, Japan. Well, I wonder how the victim's parents or family just feels about this. It's no big deal. She just... Got murdered well, and I'm eaten. I'm surprised nobody over there has taken him out yet. I mean, where are, where are all the ninjas? I mean, you're sitting here trying to convince me that Japan's just a great place, and I'm starting to think it's not so much. Yeah, I know. I, after today and yesterday, I don't think I ever want to go to Japan. <laughs> no. Um, so if you want to look more into this story, um, there's been three documentary films featuring Sagawa that have pro- been produced, including Excuse Me for Living... Um, the Cannibal That Walked Free, an interview with the cannibal. Uh, there are some short films by Olivier Smolders called Adoration. It's based on his story. Short documentary, Cannibal Superstar. Um, and Asai Sagawa, a short documentary about him, which aired on BBS in 2010. Um, there's just... So, the two, the song Too Much Blood from Rolling Stones from 1983 album cover, yeah. album undercover, is about Sagawa and the violence in the media. He also inspired The Stranglers' 1981 song, La Follée, The Noise Black Metal, and Gnaw Their Tongues was also released, EP titled Isai Sagawa in 2006. Um, he became an actor uh, in a few documentaries and regular films, um, blah, 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 blah. He's just, he's done too much shit to be able to be fucking released and all this <clears throat> other stuff. Um, I, yeah, I... It's almost like it, he did something horrific, and he just kind of became a celebrity from it. Well, that's exactly what happened. And if you look up his name, it's I-S-S-E-I-S-A-G-A-W-A. You can see pictures of him and pictures of what he did to that beautiful Dutch girl. Um, and he even took pictures of him, like selfies, in different stages of him eating her. Like, and, there, and you can see it. Like, he just he posted all this shit. I just can't believe he got away with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the victim's name is Renee Hardevelt, R-E-N-E-E-H-A-R-T-E-V-E-L-T. I will warn you guys now, the pictures are fucking awful, especially 
Just all of them. But just knowing that there's pictures of him smiling and enjoying his life. Like, he just, he literally killed somebody, ate her, tried to get rid of her, and walked free. And is just living life well, and clearly speaking he, and being a movie star and an author. He likes that. So what's to stop him from just doing it again? I don't think he's done it since, but still. Well, like, curiosity, but, like, I don't know. So that is my last story so far of... The crazy fucked up killers in a Japan. Well, that's fucked up. Yeah, you're right. I'm not going to Japan. Jordan, thoughts? Any thoughts? That is pretty messed up. Mm-hmm. You say people can't hear you nod your head, but <clears throat> you got something to say? I'm waiting. You're waiting? Okay. Jump in. All right. Mm. All right, Michelle, bring it, bring it home. Um. Well, you know. I, once again, am not prepared for anything, ever. Right. So, why would it be now? Well, I think today just, it's really hot out, and it's kind of like you lose motivation. I'm just motivation. tired. I'm just trying to survive off caffeine, and it's I'm crashing. But, I do have... Some beat-ups. Um, it's not a fun story. I mean, because there's still, I don't know what murders are fun, but it's not as grim as yours it's weird yeah my arm i might well no next week i'm gonna do ed Dean. so yeah so it's pretty fucked up now i will i do have to give credit to uh where i get my info cracked.com is an amazing website oh yeah and especially if you just want to find just weird off the wall articles Mm -hmm. it's there so Hold on. Did you guys hear that? They're home. Already? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or it's a ghost. Let's say get that 45. 44. 44. So, (laughs) okay. My story is the Batman of Los Angeles. Okay. And we're not talking Batman, like fighting crime, fucking Batman. Oh, like a bat-winged man? Or a baseball Batman. Yeah. Ooh. Um... Yeah, I guess we'll find out. Okay, go for it. Well, you're yeah. It's not Batman. Like I'm, I'm Batman. Is it swinging hit Batman? Babe Ruth or Bruce Wayne? Neither. Is it uh, Batman like like a fucking bat like the yeah like a fucking bat man that like does vampirism? That might be a little bit closer. Okay. I don't know. Let's do it. Okay. I don't know yet. I'm unprepared. She fucking knows. So, Batman, L.A., 1922. Oh, fuck. So we're going way back in time. It's almost 100 years ago. Yeah. There's a man named Fred. Oh, I want to say ostrich, but it's not. Osterich. Osterich. We'll go with that. Osterich. He was shot dead in his L.A. mansion. Okay. The police found his wife... Dolly, ostrich. She was screaming in a closet, which was locked from the outside. Oh, just like the house in fucking Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's so creepy. So. I'm taking a note to you. I'm going to tell a quick story after you're done. Okay. Okay. Didn't know what's going on. So the police find his wife, Dolly, screaming in a closet, which was locked from the outside. She was the only living person in the house so Dolly quickly became the prime suspect however 
It was impossible for her to be the murderer. There was no way she could have locked herself in the closet. Unless she has some sort of special fucking powers. Like, <laughs> let me just teleport into this thing or some shit. I don't... Bottom line, she couldn't have done it. Right. But somewhere uh, there's some fucking asshole doctor that's like, well, you know, this is all her fault. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. Well, I mean, it's always like you always want to look at the spouse first. Right. I mean, that's that's a given. But she's locked in a closet screaming. There's no way she could have done it. So now they actually have to try to figure out what the hell happened. Okay. So it gets weird. Dolly had a lover. Named Otto. <clears throat> and I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name because, it, for one, his name's Otto. Ottoopolis. <laughs> yeah. Automobile. No, it. So she had a secret lover. San Huber. Otto San Huber. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was her secret lover. Well, he also secretly lived in the attic of Dolly's house, the mansion. She didn't know? She knew. Okay. Um, but I like this story because we were talking about how in one of our previous episodes, uh, your friend, or not so friend anymore, had mm-hmm. someone living in their attic and they didn't know about it, and then yeah. you had your attic like tampered with and didn't fucking check it, and here we are. Yeah. Still no one's checked it. <laughs> I did check it. <clears throat> it's back God, to I'm, I need to get my shit together. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So, Otto, living in the attic for years, uh, he spent, he has pretty much spent his whole life living in attics. Ten years, actually, stashing out in attics. He began an affair with Dolly after working for the husband. Um, the neighbors became suspicious of his frequent visits. Dolly convinced him to quit his job and move into the attic. As you know, mm-hmm. that's what people do for love. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, but I'm going to need you to stay upstairs. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> so the life of Otto Sandhuber, which we'll call him the attic side piece. Okay. He did not have a glamorous life. Apart from da- daily visits with Dolly, he spent his days in complete isolation, reading, sleeping on a small cot... He made bathtub gin that he got drunk from. Oh, some hooch. And he wrote pulp fiction stories. But did he look like a bitch? I don't have a picture of Otto. <laughs> We're just but gonna say, yeah. He looked he probably looked like a bitch. Oh, Otto. I mean, yeah. Living <laughs> upstairs. So through all throughout all these years, Dolly was the only person Otto has ever seen. Fuck. No wonder he loved her. Yeah. That's all I knew. He would later he would later say that he was essentially her sex slave and that he he loved her as a boy loves his mother. So we're uh, back on this shit again. But the Norman, Norman Bates, Bates stuff. But uh <laughs> I love sleeping yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so go far as keep it up in my house. <laughs> keep your ass upstairs. Yeah, in the attic. <clears throat> Oh, Jordan has a question. Let's hear it. It ain't related, so I'm going to wait. No, just say it now. Get out of the way. Yeah, you done interrupted me, so might as well say it. (laughs) Interruption, corruption. You guys didn't go to school with a Brandon Scott Gillen, did you? No. Man, that's a huge name drop right on there. 30. Why? 35, Lebanon, 
Lebanon couple accused of abusing two-month-old child. <gasps> Fuck, Jordan. No. So Wait, uh, Am I not allowed to talk about no, that? No, no, no. No, you can talk you, about it, but you, you just put, like, a huge, like, heavy yeah. downer in my fun. Hold on. Let her finish, and then <laughs> will, you, will you come back to that? Because I want to... Sure. Okay. That's <laughs> not how podcast works, Jordan. Wait your turn. <laughs> no. Michelle, I'm sorry. Get in the goddamn the attic. <laughs> <laughs> when it said 35, 11, I'm like, that's probably your, your guys' age. I mean, it, you know it how is. old I am. <laughs> I'm literally mm-hmm. five years older than you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about that you interrupted. It's about I'm trying to have a fun story, and you're talking about a two-month-old being beaten. Aww. I can't have. I can't even crack a smile now. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Sorry about that, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What did I say last? Uh, oh, fuck. Uh, he, Ollie was upstairs. She Norman was Bates person. thing. Norman Bates, yeah. Uh, okay. So the husband, Fred, even though he's a heavy drinker, he started to notice things like strange noises, mysterious shadows, an occasional missing cigar. And he started questioning his sanity. And so he decided that a change of scenery was in order. He's moving from the attic to the basement. No, Fred is the husband. Oh, okay. Fred. Oh, yeah, Ollie's upstairs. Yeah, Ollie. Otto. His name's Otto. Otto. (laughs) Otto is the... Well, we called him Otto. Is the attic... A-U-T-O. It's Otto. What the no. Right. Otto is the attic side piece. Fred is the husband that is dead. Gotcha. Okay, so Fred... Feels like he's losing his goddamn mind because shit's weird. He's noticing things, so he moves. He just they just up and move. So hold on, let me get this straight. Fred never knew Ollie lived up in the no. attic. That is so crazy. No. Yeah. Dolly, the wife, married to Fred. She was having an affair with Otto, Otto. the attic side piece. Fred, Fred does not know. know about him. Okay. But Otto was in the attic for like 10 years. <laughs> Jesus. <God. laughs> so. It was hot. <laughs> so. God. Yeah, so Batman. eventually. Batman, yeah. He starts noticing things. He feels like he's going crazy. So he's like, fuck it, we're moving. And they move. Of course they move. Please tell me the auto went. Well, listen, well let me just, <laughs> okay. let me get going back into this. A move to L.A. didn't help, of course. Dolly simply made sure their house had an attic and secretly moved Otto in with them at that house. Yes! (laughs) One day, Otto overheard Fred and Dolly having a violent argument. He charged downstairs, wielding Fred's gun, and fired three three rounds into his chest. Hold on. Can you imagine being Fred and just being like, who the fuck are yeah. you? And He's then like, you have no time. Like, I'm Ollie. This is, I'm, I've been living here for 11 years. Side piece. Otto. Otto. Oh, uh, yeah. Otto. I'm just that pen, man. Yeah. So, he kills Fred. Shoots him three times. He locks Dolly in the closet, and he went back to the attic. <laughs> oh, let's not take the turn I thought it was going to. Well, he... He's thinking. He's planning out how okay. this is going to work. So I was rooting for Otto. Oh, well, Otto is a murderer now. Crime of passion, I guess. Yeah. So the police, that's when we're now we're going back to the police come to the mansion. They see Dolly locked in the closet. Like, how the hell did she get in there? Well, he threw her in the closet and locked it. And he went to the attic, which the police never found him in the attic. <laughs> so he's still undetected. Dolly blamed her husband's death on a burglar 
and everyone was free to go. Like, it was a burglar. So the so cops were like, okay. Just, like, took up for him, basically. Yeah. Okay. This means Otto could know, he can now come out of the attic. Fuck yeah. Move he could. Oh, he could, but he did not. What? <laughs> Otto carried on living as Dolly's personal addict, Sex Gollum. <laughs> what? I put Sex Gollum on there. Sex Gollum. While she struck up a new relationship with her late husband's estate attorney. And his name was Herman Shapiro. And she had a relationship with a businessman named Roy Klum. So she still has... She, now she has two boyfriends. Plus... Her husband died because of... Her attic side piece, and he's still her attic side piece. But he won't come out of the attic. No, because she has two new boyfriends. So. Busy. Shapiro became suspicious of Dolly when she gifted him an expensive watch, which looked a whole lot like the one that the burglar had stolen. I'm doing air quotes. Yeah. Um, and Clum, the second boyfriend, didn't care much for the way Dolly casually asked him to get rid of a gun. To cap things off, she even asked a neighbor to bury yet another gun in his own backyard. This may seem sloppy on Dolly's part, but remember she asked a guy to quit life and live in her attic like a personal fuck bat. <laughs> <laughs> I love that quote. I had to take it. Personal fuck bat. And he was like, yeah, sure. Sign me up. Yeah. So, Clum was the first one to go to the police with his story, and Dolly was arrested in 1923. Shit. Unfortunately, being a colossal dumbass and no proof of murder, especially as the cops were still unable to explain how she got locked into the closet, Dolly wasn't done asking bizarre things of men. She revealed San Otto's existence to Shapiro while, while in jail, begging him to buy, him, buy groceries for her pet addict, dude. Mm. <laughs> Somebody take care of Otto. <laughs> yeah. Check on him. It's uh <laughs> It's just weird. The whole so, thing is weird. <laughs> so the guy buys him groceries. Oh my god. Okay. And Otto was delighted to finally have someone new to talk to. Oh. And he ended up telling Shapiro everything. That's everything that up. happened. And this this is yeah, this was his demise. Because Shapiro immediately went to police with all this information, and seven, but this was seven years later. Holy so, yeah. If you do the math, that means he stayed in that attic for seventeen years. Well, no wonder he didn't want to move down to the master room. Yeah. And him and Dolly broke up. Okay. Because you know she's arrested, mm -hmm. but she's still having people give him groceries and shit. He must have. But here's the thing. The statute of limitations expired for manslaughter, so everyone that was involved with this is off the hook. Really? And the papers, the newspapers called uh, Otto the Batman of Los Angeles because, he you know. In the attic. Yeah. And Dolly lived the rest of her days as a free woman, enjoying her late husband's wealth. Damn. That is... Does it say when or how they died? No, they're still... Uh, no. 
No I want to say there's no no pictures. I look. I didn't do a lot of research oh, on this fine. one, we'll but we'll have to look it up later. I want to see what Ollie looks like. Auto. Yeah. The moral of stories: everything will work out fine if you decide to become someone's secret sex slave. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Just. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to stay upstairs. Yeah, I mean that. That's my story of the I'll Batman. It's time for you to come down and fuck me and then go right just, just go back. Seventeen upstairs. years in the attic. Getting fucking shipped orders and fucking DoorDash. Like, <laughs> <laughs> technically, so he lived up in the attic, fucked this his love whenever he wanted to, killed her husband, got away with it, had groceries delivered to him, was happy sleeping in the attic for seventeen years. With his bathtub gin. Bathtub gin, so writing stories. Fuck off hooch, writing stories. And then made friends at the end of it. Otto lived a pretty good life. I mean, really? I think so. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want to live that life, but like... The thing I find fucked up about it is like, he killed her husband because he thought that she was in distress. So he came he, out of the attic, saved her. her. Yeah. Which means he's free. Like, he could roam... It's a mansion. He could have <laughs> roamed the whole house, but he went back to the fucking attic. That's his space. Everyone needs their own space. It's, no. I just, yeah, well, weird story. Like when Red got out of Shawshank, yeah, he didn't know what to do. So he went on to. Um, so he got out Jerome. of the attic and it just didn't feel right. But he's the. Where did Red go? He died. No, no, no. The the name. Huh. The name of the place that Red met, um, Andy Dufresne. Shawshank. Oh my God. No, Jordan. The at the. Were they? He was. Fixing the was boat. Like, Come meet me at. Oh, I messed Fuck, up. Josh would know. I messed up. I was thinking Brooks. He got out oh, yeah, and didn't Brooks. know what to do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not red. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I'd have to think about that. Oh, I God. I bet people listening the, are screaming at us right now. I can't. He writes on it where to go. Do you, you remember re- the name? That's what I was asking you. It begins with a T. Yeah, it's like. Meet us and it's not fuck Tijuana. No, it's not Temecula, Tijuana. Trenton. S- something. Ba- Trenton. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and meet me in Trenton? <laughs> Pack up a boat. Something way Wahoo or something. Tijuahu. Yeah. Hiawatha. Hiawatha. Hold on. Tijuahu or something. Where the? I'm gonna look it up. Where does? Uh. Yeah. Well. Um. Red meat, Andy. Where I don't, I'm turning into like Garth on Wayne's World. I don't know what to say. Like my my head's about to explode. I'm trying to talk and fill some space while you're looking this up, and I got nothing. Zewataneo. We were kind of close. We were a little. I'm T Z whatever. It's close. Gold jacket, green. Okay, jacket, so fun fact. Zewataneo is a real place. It's in Mexico. It's a small fishing village. Originally, the town was very, very tiny and unnoticed, but, but after being movie. mentioned as Quiet Paradise in the Shawshank Redemption, I bet it blew up. curious tourists flocked to see if the town was that great. Turns out, it is. Cool so, fact. And there it is. They want to nail. Just like that, the Home Alone house wasn't shit before that movie. Right, and when we saw it, it I mean, it was it cool, but it's definitely not nearly as big compared as... compared to what it looks like in the movie. So tiny compared to what it looks like. Still a big house, but Huge. the movies made it look bigger. Oh, yeah. So, the um, I like that story, Michelle. I do too. I want to find out who these people are. Otto, um, not Ollie. 
I want to see what Ollie looks like. Otto. Otto. What Otto looks like. God. And Dolly Um, and fucking Frank. Uh, Yeah. So the story that I wrote down really quick, I don't know if you knew this, Jordan, but um, do you remember Aunt Georgie, Grandma's sister? A little bit. That looked like um, the tallest golden girl. I can't think of her name. Dorothy. Dorothy. Um, (laughs) So back when they lived in Hazel Patch, Kentucky... Up in the holler. I think this was in, like, I don't know, the 30s or, like, early 40s or something. Like, Georgie and them, I think, were teenagers or early 20s or something. Um, (laughs) She had a blind date that she didn't want to go on. And, like, Eva and Ruth and Grandma were all going to go meet up with these people. And they had set Georgie up with someone. Well, she didn't want to go. She was just like, I don't want to do this. I want to stay at home, whatever. (laughs) Right, do it. Yeah. Uh, So they all talked to her, you know, because Georgie was like, she didn't need no fucking man, you know, whatever. Well, (laughs) the the car pulls up at the end of the holler or whatever. They had to, like, walk through the woods to get to meet these guys or whatever. But Georgie's date came first. And they, I I, I guess, saw him coming or something and said, hey, Georgie, your, your date's here. And she, you know, got her shoes on, got primped really quick and... But, you know, didn't want to go down there, but went down there anyway. Opened the door, and somebody had shot that motherfucker dead and left him. And she just shuts the door <laughs> and walks back up. And she was like, well, he's dead, so I, I guess I'll we'll have to go on this date after all. And I think they talked to Poppy Bustle, which was our great-grandpa. Mm-hmm. And, like, he took care of it. But, yeah, like, he pulled up to get Georgie to go on a date. And someone shot that motherfucker dead. <laughs> Did they find out? Uh, No. As far as I know, they... I guess back in those days, you could get away with that. Yeah. Someone just walked up and shot him. Georgie said he was, like, just kind of sprawled out. Did this really happen, or is this just like a... According to everyone in our family, that is what happened, and that is how it happened. I mean, I never want to wish death on someone, but that's just... Why y'all left? I want that to happen. Like, I want that story to be true, because that's fucked up. He didn't have flowers, did he? Oh, no. I'll have to ask Bob, but... He done dead. I mean, mom told me the story. Georgie, Grandma, Paige, like all of them would always just laugh she, about that time. Aunt, our time, Aunt Georgie had a, a blind date that wound up dead. And she just, she was like, well, I guess I ain't going on the date. She didn't even face <laughs> her. She just didn't give a shit. <clears throat> yeah, like however they handled things like back on the holler or whatever, they just handled it and she went on back home. And then eventually I think they moved up here. And that's when Grandma met Grandpa in Loveland. But, uh... Interesting. Yeah. Our family's got so, some wild stories. I don't I don't have any. We are a lot like the Crowders, if you think about it. What about your story, Jordan? You want, me, you want to hear about it? Sure. I don't have it on there now. You nasty-ass hands. I know. God. What? Well, <laughs> um... Yeah, there were some kids. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Lebanon couple accused of abusing two-month-old child. What's the name? Go ahead and read the article. The Lebanon couple was facing charges after Lebanon County detectives say they abused their two-month-old daughter. Mm. Brandon Scott Gillen, 35, of the 100 block of Green Tree Village, is charged with two counts of aggravated assault, simple assault, recklessly endangering another person, 
and endangering the welfare of a child after investigators say he admitted to squeezing the child's, child's midsection and slamming her into a pack-and-play when he grew frustrated when the child would not stop crying. His wife, Angela Marie Gillen, 32, is charged with one count of endangering the welfare of a child after detectives say she forced a bottle into the child's mouth when the child refused to drink from it. What? So, yeah, let's just beat a child because we want him to stop crying because that's really going to make him stop crying. The alleged abuse happened on April 28th, investigators say. Hmm. There's more. But. That's fucked up. So are they getting, they got um, him taken away? I'm not sure. I would say Gillen, yes. who also admitted he had been drinking rum and coke at the time, said he was still frustrated and left the child lying in her seat when he walked off. I mean, at least he walked away and didn't continue. But I wonder what they're gonna do with the baby. Like, is it gonna be? Oh, they'll, they'll, they'll lose the child. I would think. Child's already gone. Probably thrown in the fucking foster care system. Yeah. Well, Which is, I mean, if they have grand, at the there might be someone. grandparents or. It's so sad. Yeah. I hate that. Two months old. Yeah. Well, it's like. I mean, even little kids, like, I think under the age of. Well, I mean, just children in general. I don't care if they're babies or 12 years old. Like, they're dependent on us to help them and raise them and protect them and care for them. <clears throat> a two-month-old baby can barely even... I mean, I think they're doing tummy time at that time, maybe. Like, they're not even really able to sit up on their own. How are you going to hurt a baby like that? I hope they get fucked in the ass in prison. <laughs> and it just rips them apart. Yeah, well, you know. No one in jail likes... Like, especially women's jail... If you're in there for doing something to your kid, they don't like that because most of them have kids. Same with, it's like a pedophile in men's prison. Like they, they get they get fucking protected though. I know they do. Yeah, because if they don't, they're dead. Good. Well, yeah, but fucking hang them. They'll they'll get theirs in jail. People don't take too kindly. To uh, child abusers or anything against the child, against the children, against the it kids. It really makes me want to like adopt, but adoption is so expensive. It's like twenty six thousand dollars up front, and people can't afford that. But then you have the foster care system, which I found out that the major no, I don't want to say majority, a very large percentage of children that get abducted and sold to child sex trafficking come from foster homes because they're pretty much they're thrown away kids that are just going from one house to the other house to there they're not really kept track of and if you fall into the wrong hands and the wrong people get a hold of you you're done for yeah and it's just it's sick but i do have a couple of friends um uh i don't know if i can dotty i won't say her last name but hi dotty um She's an amazing person. Her family is fucking awesome. I love her son to death. He was uh, the ring bearer in my wedding. Um, but she adopted, or she she foster cared a little girl, and she just took to her like immediately and ended up getting the um, adoption process and is now her legal parent. And like that's the kind of story that I want for like a whole bunch of kids. But then you hear all these horrible fucking stories of kids that get adopted. 
just because there's some fucking sicko that wants to get a kid and kill it or wants to get a kid and sell it or I think Marcus Faisal was a case in Cincinnati like a while back a, a long time ago yeah, he was in foster care yeah and his adoptive parents beat the shit out of him killed him and then just dumped him in the Ohio River I think he was like three or four yeah something like that I don't know. I think people that abuse kids just... I think we should all gather all of them up, all the pedophiles, put them together, starve them to death, and then feed them a little bit just to kind of let them live for a little while longer and then just every day do something. I, I just... The thought of them being on Earth makes me sick. And the fact that the judges don't do anything about it. <laughs> we need, huh? I think laws need to be stricter, really. I'll be running for office next year. Go ahead and cash your vote. No, I won't. But if I did, trust me, I'm the one that you you want. I will change some shit. Get rid of a lot of judges <clears throat> here that just look at child pornography cases and child molestation and pedophilia and just let it go. Like, oh, you raped this little child? Here's 16 months. Fuck you. I think that I, I'll just stop because... <laughs> Last time I went on a tangent, I think I got in a little bit of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so I scared you. If you hurt children, <clears throat> just go kill yourself. Rant over. Well, P.S., and if you allow someone else to hurt a, um, a, a child, go ahead and kill yourself, too. No one wants you here. That being said, Jordan, do you have any funny jokes so we can end this on a, a good note? Yeah. What is it? Um... My ex-girlfriend was uh, addicted to drinking bleak, bright fluid. Uh-huh. She said she could stop anytime. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I didn't. That's a dad joke. My dad was at the Eagles a weekend or two ago, and they had a couple comedians in there, and that was one of the jokes. That was pretty funny. And my dad said everyone kind of laughed at it, so. I love it. You got another one? <clears throat> not today. Not right now. Really? You got any jokes? Do I have any jokes? Mm -hmm. Do I have a cat joke? Yeah. Um. I don't have any good. I like I have, stupid joke. I don't, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm a sucker for stupid jokes. So why can't why can't cats play poker in the wild? Why can't cats play poker in the wild? Yeah. Uh. I don't know. Do you know, Jordan? Because there's too many cheetahs. <laughs> <laughs> cheetahs. Um, that's all I have. That's that's awesome. <laughs> what does a frog have to do when its car breaks down? Burp it. I don't know. It's got to have it towed. Oh, fuck. Yeah. We, we got to get better jokes. <laughs> what do terrible. you mean better jokes? Those well, are great. I, yeah. Um, I used to have some pretty funny knock-knock jokes, but yeah. I'm all right. Well, yeah, so that was part two. Yeah, this has been going on for, this is a long one, I, I feel yeah. like. So, well, next week, everybody, I'm doing Ed. Oh, yeah. Jordan. Oh, what? <laughs> God. Next week, um, I'm doing Ed motherfucking Gein. Was Michael Myers kind of based off of that? Uh, no. 
Get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, just, that's what Danny told me. And that's the last time Jordan will ever be on the podcast. Yeah. Everybody tell Danny, him thank my you. Says that Danny's full of shit. Is it? Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Psycho, and Silence of the Lambs were all based off of Ed Gein. That's probably what he said. Maybe not Michael Myers. Yeah. So next week, Fallon's doing Ed Gein. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'll let you, we record on Fridays, and I will have that ready. <laughs> Friday I'll morning. I'll start on it Friday. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever covered the Ryan Widmer trial? No. Do you know no. I used to have his dryer? <laughs> Andy and I had his fucking dryer. Wow. All yep. right. Yeah. So, so on yeah. that note. Well, next, if you think you know everything about Ed Gein, <clears throat> think again, because I'm about to blow some shit out of the water. Can't wait. Yeah. Also, questions, concerns, you want to call us out, tell us we're idiots, email us. Or share us a story. Or share a story with us. <laughs> share something. Jesus. Anything. We will read. We love hometown murders. <clears throat> Weird local legends, just if you, I mean, people from Lebanon, you already know there's a lot of shit that happened in the early days. Like, I'm going to have to do one on the chicken lady, you know, she's, she's got, yeah, Pecos, he died, but he was, he was a good man. I think the chicken lady did too. She did. Yeah. Uh, If you have something like that. Loveland Frogman. Email us, Podcast at Gmail, or hit us up on Facebook. Dead Academy Podcast. I always want to say Deadcast. Deadcast? Po- Deadcastopotomy? <laughs> I don't know. It just it happens. Sorry. Hippo. So. Hip, hipononymous or what's that movie? Hmm? Hippo. Hip, hip, hip-hop. Hip-hop. Big Daddy. Hip, yeah, Hip-hop. Hip-hop. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Anyway, thanks yeah. for listening, and we'll catch you back next Friday. Yeah. Later. See ya. See ya.